You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that now features fully dynamic 3D ray traced shadows. <laughs> I'm Cody. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And I'm Samantha. We have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We have a bunch of news to go over, but first, let's talk about some things we have been checking out. Before we do that, where have you guys been quarantining yourselves this week? Oh, shoot. I should have thought of this beforehand. <laughs> Submarine. Submarine? No, I said that last time. Uh, I we said, I said uh, that last time. No, we said uh, uh, hollowed out volcano last time. Okay. And then submarine this time. Yeah. Like underwater base. I like that. Yeah, Sea Lab. Yeah, we're C-Lab. in Sea Lab. We we're in Sea Lab <laughs> this time. Yeah, you can hear my chair squeaking. <laughs> Bizarro. <laughs> Bizarro. Bizarro. <laughs> oh God. Yep. <laughs> that joke is for exactly three people. <laughs> yep. That is four, four people. Bru- that yes. Is some dated references. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm declaring Martian law on this on this show. <laughs> Martian law. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into some things we've been checking out. Uh, you know, what? I'll go ahead and go real quick. Uh, the first thing I checked out, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think it came it came up a couple weeks ago, but I watched that documentary series, uh, McMillions. Oh yeah, uh, we watched that. Yeah, yeah. Or we talked about it. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it. I we didn't yeah. get as far into it. I think we I think it came up while we were discussing Tiger King, but um, I liked it. I think oh, yeah, it, it's good. It's good. I think it was a little overproduced, if you want to be honest. Yeah. Like yeah, all the dramatic reenactments and stuff like that. That was a little much. Yeah. I think they could have did it in one movie length. I agree. They kind of stretched it a bit. Yeah. It didn't need to be six hours long. It was kind of wild to see how things kind of bounced around from one guy accidentally getting a pack of stickers to defrauding McDonald's for years. And also the Italian mafia. (laughs) That was pretty wild. Some of the characters, some of the characters, some of the people in it, some of the, the subjects, I really, they they are kind of characters. That one woman was a real character. I tell you what, what's her name? Robin, the, the redhead. She was, She was the, kind of a mess. Like the mob wife lady. Yeah. The, the, the mobster's <laughs> ex-wife. Yeah. She was, she was a mess. She, she seems like she could have come out of tiger King. If we're being <laughs> yeah. honest, she seemed like the type of person that would own a tiger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that but, FBI agent with uh special agent, Doug, <laughs> Doug, Doug Matthews. He was, yeah. He was the best. <laughs> he, he was the best. Yeah. He, uh, wowzer. He was, <laughs> <laughs> the the polar opposite of a FBI agent, really. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I like how they they said they tried to uh, reach out to um, the, his partner, and they received a one word response: no. <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah, it was just kind of wild to see how things kind of bounced back and forth. Uh, how many people got drug into it? I felt bad for that one guy, the uh, the Mormon guy. Not not the older Mormon guy, the younger Mormon guy. Uh, I forget all of their names. I think his name was Charles. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah, there was a younger guy and the guy, and there was an older one. The older one sold him the ticket on a false pretense. That older guy, I could tell that he was corrupt from the word go. If, but the younger guy got legitimately got screwed, and I felt bad for him. But no, it was a it was overall a really well done documentary. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't know McDonald's farmed out their marketing. I was surprised to maybe I don't understand how marketing works, but I always figured they they handled all that stuff in house. I imagine they probably handle much more of it in house now, but I mean it kind of makes sense to me that McDonald's wouldn't just also happen to own a bunch of printing presses somewhere. It, that kind of makes sense to me that they that they would be more interested in it would be like the same as they don't make all of their toys in house they farm that out to different toy manufacturers That's so I true. imagine it's the same with the with the games 
But no, it was really interesting. I'm I'm glad I sat and watched it. It was six hours long. It's on Hulu, but uh, worth your time for sure. Let's see. Do we have any good ones? We've watched a couple movies, but I forget what they were. Oh, we watched The Invisible Man. The new one? Yeah. Oh, how is it? It's very good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah? Cool. I mean, the basic conceit is, uh, what if you were being gaslit by Elon Musk? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and this one, it's like he has an invisibility suit, right? It's not like he takes a potion or something, right? Yeah. Yep. He's like some sort of optics specialist guy. I don't, they mm-hmm. don't really go into it a whole lot because they don't really need to. Mm-hmm. Just a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it just opens with, with his girlfriend escaping their compound because he's an a, abusive jerk. Ooh. Yeah. And then he continues to be an abusive jerk, but invisible for the rest of the movie. Oh, that's, that's terrifying. It is. Yeah, it's it, like, you're crazy. He's, He's dead. Yeah, yeah. He fakes his death, and then gaslights the poor lady the whole movie. Oh my gosh! And it, it's super intense and like really well done. No, it sounds <laughs> awesome, and it's interesting that they took. It's 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 interesting that they updated a horror movie to include modern day, like scary modern day topics. Yeah, it's really yeah. topical, and they they do it, they handle it very well. It it feels realistic as much as a movie about an invisible man could. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is this is a more successful um, adaptation of a Universal monster movie than The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. If you would have told me that, like, they're updating all the monster movies and the Invisible Man is the good one, I would have been like, you're nuts. But <laughs> no, that's that's the way it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's 2020. <laughs> wow. Well, good. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's good. Um, yeah. That, serious recommend on that one. It, it was really good. Mm, good. Well, Josh, do you have anything? Let's see. I watched the entirety of... Um... Paradise PD. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. had to have been rough. Okay, I'm completely confused. What is that? I've never heard of this. Paradise PD is a Netflix animated series that is, I don't know if it was made by the people who did Brickleberry or they're connected somehow other than voice actors. It looks a lot like Brickleberry. Oh man, the second season, there's like a whole two episodes where they go to Brickleberry. Oh God. Yeah. The the crossover no one wanted. (laughs) Anyway, Paradise PD is an adult animated cartoon that is really gross. And there's a lot of voice actors in it you will recognize. Okay. Like, there's an older cop named Hobson, and it's just Master Shake's voice. Oh. Saying really awful things. Oh, what is his name? Dana. Dana Snyder. He's he's always pretty funny. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty great in most things. I always liked him as the alchemist on uh, Venture Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I like him oh. as uh, Plastic Man on yeah. Batman Brave and the Bold. I always thought that yep. was really good casting. Um, let's see here. What else? Was he on OKKO? Okay he had to have been somebody on OKKO. Okay Dana Snyder? Yeah. Oh, I'm looking. <laughs> I, I was in there. I was already in the thing. Oh, crap. He's in Thundercats Roar. Whenever that'll come out. Been out. Is it? Yeah, I think so. People huh. don't like it still. Hmm. <laughs> He's Dr. Grayman. In, uh, yeah, that's right. Have you ever so, listened to his podcast, the Ken P.D. Snidecast? I didn't know he had a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He has a podcast or at least he did a year or two ago when I listened to it for a while. Uh, I bounce on and off podcasts, honestly, but uh, he and another comedian, uh, Ken Plume, do a um, it's just a two man podcast. They don't really have guests and it's just them chatting. It's almost like uh, Smodcast, but uh, less talk about phalluses because Kevin Smith isn't on it. Part of me is like curious about that new Jay and Silent Bob movie. Yeah. The other part of me is like. 
it's not going to be good. Yeah, same here. I mean, I feel as though I kind of owe it to myself to see that because Jay and Silent Bob, the View View Universe movies were kind of a big thing for me in my late teens, early 20s. But also, there's no way it's going to be good, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm like. What if it is good? No, it's not going to be good. Who are we kidding? It's going to be not good. I think about it, and then I think about how I only lasted about 10 minutes into Yoga Hosers, and then I then I worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't watched a Kevin Smith movie since Red State, so... I liked Red State. That was good. I, I liked the general premise of Tusk. I think that there were quite a few things that, with a different director and a better punchier script it could have been much more interesting but i yeah, as I, a general concept i liked tusk i i did legitimately like tusk <laughs> um what I other don't... we <laughs> we watched hustlers <laughs> that was the movie we watched oh uh is that the one with j-lo yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't realize it was about strippers <laughs> i did i did not <laughs> suggested it and i'm like sure <laughs> i thought it was just about ladies stealing money doing the heist crimes i mean they do but no it's it's about strippers that like drug men in bars and then steal their money <laughs> <laughs> oh so it's the uh i don't remember which pop diva did that oh um was it cardi b i think so I think it was Cardi B. But I don't know the way like it it talks about the the financial recession and how like all the big Wall Street guys screwed everybody over and then didn't get punished for it at all. And like this is this was their way at getting back at those Wall Street guys. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Oh well, yeah, sure. But well, was and, it a uh, good movie overall? I mean Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. pretty good. Good. I can't I can't believe JLo is fifty because yeah. she does not look fifty in this movie. <laughs> that happens when you're, you know, rich. Yeah. And uh what's her name? Constance Wu. She's really good in it too. And like whenever I see her, I think, oh that's she's the mom from uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Oh but uh this kind of destroyed that. <laughs> That uh, mental connection, <laughs> which was probably the point, honestly. Cause yeah. There, there's, there was some news item recently that she said something that made it sound like she was not excited to do another season of that show. Oh, really? And that's probably why. She doesn't want to be known as just like Jessica Wong from Fresh Off the Boat forever because she's, she's more talented than network sitcom yeah i think yeah especially after this movie but a good movie if if you don't mind a lot of of erotic dance (laughs) (laughs) and it does have cardi b in it doesn't it yes yeah it it has cardi b and it has lizzo oh it has oh wow star-studded cast yeah (laughs) she plays some some flute (laughs) <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> like she's known to do. <laughs> she's an excellent flautist. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I can talk about a movie I watched here real quick. There, um, So you guys know I like Star Wars and also bad movies. So in the late 70s, early 80s, after the first Star Wars came out, there were a number of uh, ripoffs of Star Wars, like movies that were very, very thinly veiled takes, like slight twists on the main story of Star Wars. And I uh, found one the other day and watched it. It's a, a movie called Message from Space. Have you guys heard of that before? Came out in 78. That sounds, it sounds really familiar. Okay. Well, it is it is kind of a weird mishmash of things. For one, it was a Toei production, but it was produced for both Japan and America. 
Uh, it had a cast, a mixed cast of Japanese and American actors who all spoke their own native language when filming it. And then for whether it's the Japanese dub or the English dub, the actors were dubbed the actors that weren't speaking like English during or speaking the language during the filming were dubbed over. So it would be easier for the, uh, actors and dubbers and everything to do it. It's this weird movie. It was written partially by, uh, a guy named Shotaro Ishinomori who came up with common writer and power Rangers and all sorts of other stuff. Like, um, basically if you're uh, a children's superhero show in Japan in the seventies and eighties, he had his fingers in it. Uh, it was directed by the guy who directed battle Royale, which is kind of crazy because this is like so far opposite of what the movie battle Royale is in terms of, uh, action and violence and story and things of that nature. And uh, among the cast, it stars uh, an actor named Vic Morrow, who, if you know anything about movie history and the uh, Twilight Zone film, you know what happened to Vic Morrow. And I'm not going to go into it on air because it is uh, kind of a bummer. Also, Sonny Chiba's in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it is basically Star Wars, but they used a little more of uh the seven samurai kind of it's more seven seven samurai in space than star wars like star wars used it as kind of a building point this is more of a direct rip but it does include a pirate ship that flies through space and that is pretty cool nice <laughs> i mean that's one of the things i loved about go kaiger oh yeah oh yeah but uh but yeah no the um like the villain is a space samurai that wears all black and has a metal face, you know, like Darth Vader. There is a character named Mia, like Princess Leia. There are multiple Han Solos. There are multiple General Kenobis. It's uh, there's a couple of robots. So, yeah, it's it's just kind of an interesting low budget kind of like through a kaleidoscope uh, take on Star Wars, and it was definitely worth checking out. It sounds better than the Ice Pirates. Uh, much better than the Ice Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I have been checking out this week. So, uh, Or or like Jason of Star Command. <laughs> yeah, that one was also not great. Oh, I'm trying to think of what, <laughs> what was the one that was done by Roger Corman. It had... Hannibal from the A-Team and the battle from or battle beyond the stars battle beyond the stars. That's what it is. Yeah. Although that one's pretty good as well, but not quite as good as uh message from space. It's actually, that one's actually kind of a legit film. No, it's a, it's the, the magnificent seven in space. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Star Wars was, Sam, or, uh, seven Sam. Well, yeah, the Magnificent Seven is just the Americanized version of of Seven Samurai, isn't it? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, for the <laughs> most part. So it's a long way around. That's a long way to go around to say, yeah, it's a Star Wars ripoff. A little bit, yeah. But uh, <laughs> beyond that, the only other thing I checked out, I've been uh, going back and getting caught up on podcasts, and I recently listened to the 500th episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And uh, it was fine. It was good. Uh, I'll yeah, be honest. I, I listened to a little bit of it, the beginning. Yeah, I I still enjoy the podcast quite a bit, but I have kind of cooled a little bit on it. Although there's really no reason why. I don't know. I Again, when it comes to podcasts, I kind of burn hot and cold a little bit with them sometimes. But, yeah, I, uh, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I still really like it, but I don't put it on, on nearly as much as I used to. I used to catch every episode as they came out. And now it's like, sometimes I'll listen to half of one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Usually. Yeah. Now they're not the, uh, as soon as they're downloaded, they are when I have time and I'm not doing anything else. Trying to think of a good video game. Check them out that I've done recently, but really it's just still been a lot of final fantasy seven. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, how uh, how far are you into the uh, remake? Oh, they just dropped the plate. Oh, they did. Okay. Spoilers, but uh, that was in the original <laughs> game too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy, when they kill off the the avalanche members, it, it hurts so much more in the new game than it did in the old one. Because you care about the new members. Yeah, they they did such a better job with it than they did in the original. Well, they gave Jesse even more of a uh, backstory and personality, right? Yeah. Oh, that was sad. It was yeah. sad. Even even Biggs was sad, even though they didn't do as much with Biggs as they did Jesse and Wedge. But mm-hmm. it's just it was just written so much better, and they're given so much more to do. <laughs> Sorry about your ass. Yeah, that's the, that may that may be the best scene in the remake. <laughs> When Cloud takes Wedge back to his house and he meets up with all his cats and and Cloud's just like, sorry about your ass. <laughs> uh. The two games together, like playing the original game and then playing the new one, like it's such a good experience to have both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think both of them just flesh out the that whole world so well. And I just I, I feel lucky that I've I've live to enjoy both versions of the game. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. I, um, again, haven't played it, just been watching let's plays because I don't have a PS four, but some things are happening. That's that like, it's not right. Like it happened. It's, it's happened differently in this one than in, uh, the original. Yeah. It's not one-to-one. There's some, some weirdness about it and I'm sure we'll figure out what it is towards the end. But yeah, I have when I finish it. Yeah. I, you know what I am, uh, this game is, yeah, this game is big enough that when you get to the end, I would like to have a spoiler, uh, spoiler filled discussion out about it because I kind of have an idea of what's going on and I want to bounce some ideas off of you for where the future of the series might go and kind of what you think of of the remake in general and and things like that because i think there's enough there that warrants that kind of discussion yeah definitely okay cool. and i'm i'm glad it's not one to one too i think it's more interesting this way oh yeah yeah um i think that from what i have seen and without going into anything i think the things that are one to one are the highlights and the really iconic moments from the original game that you would almost have to like that intro with cloud jumping off the train, though, basically the first, uh, reactor run the first, what, 20 minutes, half hour of this game, or maybe even the first hour are pretty much the first Mako reactor run. And they, it's like perfect. Yeah. And if they just had to make a one-to-one remake, I would feel so bad for the developers. Oh, sure. Like, can yeah. you imagine having to do like put that much effort? Cause this, this game there, you, it, you can tell they put a whole lot of effort into making sure this game was good. Oh can yeah. Can you imagine having to put that much effort into just doing the same thing again? You already did once before. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to having a more in-depth uh, discussion on this game because, I again, I really think it's it really warrants it, for sure. And I still really like the combat. I like having to like uh, take advantage of the different enemy weaknesses to stagger them, and it's it's really like deceptively deep. Like It doesn't seem deep at first. It seems hack-and-slashy and like Kingdom Hearts, but there's... The whole active time gauge and pausing and using abilities and stuff works so well. It's almost like Kingdom Hearts done right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Well, hey, we are uh, at time. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll uh, get into some news. Nerd Overload is a show produced under the umbrella of a nonprofit organization, Marion Community Radio WZMO. To help with our fundraising, we have become a member of Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon exists because when creators are paid, they can create more amazing things. Things that inspire us, teach us, challenge us. Things that make us laugh. 
Patreon is a membership platform that makes it really easy for creators to get paid. We're using the idea of patronage, which is actually a really old idea. Exactly, Jack. If it weren't for patrons, we wouldn't have Romeo and Juliet or Mona Lisa, Mozart, Shakespeare, Da Vinci. They all have patrons. What can I do to help Nerd Overload? Patrons set a monthly subscription-style payment for the level of membership they want. Where do I go? Thousands of creators and creative teams are using Patreon to run their business their way. So if you're a professional creator, start a page and give your fans the opportunity to become patrons. Patreon.com slash nerd overload now. All aboard! Hey, we're back. That was Crazy Train by Rachel Bloom, featured in the movie Trolls World Tour. Yeah, not exactly the Aussie version, but, you know, I'll I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird that I had to find the radio edit version. So many uh, <laughs> F-bombs in the original. <laughs> Those trolls, you can't keep them under control. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, so hey, why did we play that particular song this week, guys? There's actually big controversy surrounding the trolls in, inadvertently. Yeah. Universal said, hey, trolls has made us so much money by releasing it uh, to streaming instead of theater that maybe maybe we'll start doing both at the same time with our movies in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, which- to which a- AMC theaters responded, well, we're not playing your movies anymore then. That is kind of a weird knee-jerk reaction, I think. Um, 
I can kind of see the argument on both sides of this, like Universal wanting to cut out the middleman and wanting to re- release both, you know, home streaming video on demand and in theaters. Uh, and I can see AMC being like, hey, this kind of sucks. What about hey. some kind of exclusivity for theaters first? I can see both sides of it, but it's just flat saying that we're not going to run any Universal films anymore is kind of ridiculous. That shows you how scared of streaming AMC is that even the slightest dip your toe in, maybe we'll start doing this, is enough to make Mr. AMC go, whoa, no. (laughs) Yeah, it is so it is so weird. Like, I mean, listen, I I still love going to the theater. I can't wait to be to to go back to the theaters. I think it's a. It's almost like a ritual kind of thing. I think it's kind of a, uh, it's an event. I like going and seeing movies in a communal kind of space, but I can't deny that having a video on demand, especially if you have a household like children, like kids movies or family movies where you have say three, four, five people in your household and you're paying 20 bucks. It is a much cheaper and ultimately much more comfortable situation so yeah. I could I could see where Universal's coming from, even taking out the uh, cutting out the middleman financial side of things. It it just kind of makes sense. And, there, and there's a lot of movies that just like really aren't worth the ritual. I agree. I agree. If I, <laughs> I mean, listen. If there was like a single person household cost to see Bloodshot, the Vin Diesel film in my home right now, I would do it because I don't know if I want to go and spend movie theater prices to see a terrible film. That's not something that I want to see as a ritual. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard to pick a side with this one because I like going to the movies too. It it is a fun ritual and like a, I don't want to say like a, a rite of passage because that makes it sound like it's difficult. (laughs) yeah but well i mean if i mean amc's been having some financial issues anyway am i right before before there was even a pandemic yeah yeah so i don't know do you think this is amc kind of in their death throes a little bit i mean you know it's not like there's never going to be theaters again i could see kind of the rise of the privately owned theater kind of like more uh, studio 35s and more like the Palace Theater, talking about in Marion County, that sort of thing, as opposed that's, to... That's yeah. more fun anyway. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'd much rather all theaters be privately owned. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely love it. I would prefer going to privately owned ones these days. But something like this, I mean, it's not like theaters are going to disappear, but uh, AMC, man, they are really chopping their nose off despite their face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy. Like I couldn't imagine like big event movies, like, like in your infinity wars. That's, that's go to the movies material. That would not be the same. Oh yeah, home. absolutely. Totally agree. Like something like the invisible man that we just watched. Like that was fine to watch at home. I don't mm-hmm. think there would be a lot more to get out of going to the theater for it. It huh. might've made it better that you're in your home because it takes place in home. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just grasping at straws here. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think there are certain films that are much more, much better suited for the big screen and some that are more suited for home release. And I see no problem with, if not day and date, uh, VOD and theater release, um, you know, giving the theater maybe like a week or two exclusivity. I could see that. Yeah, I feel, I feel like there's a place for both. Yeah, I agree. And now that the uh, there's no putting the the lid back on the bottle with this day um, and date video streaming, it is something that the film industry has been talking about for a number of years. And yeah, there have it, been times there have been there have been times when there were movies released on video on demand and theater at the same time. Right, but it was very few and far in between. But they were mostly indie indie movies too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean it's it's kind of funny that it took a, a giant global pandemic to and revolutionize 
the uh, <laughs> the film industry. But you know, here we are. That uh, that Scooby Doo origin story movie that Scoob is not even going to theaters now. Oh sure, yeah, I I believe it. Well, I mean, it probably shouldn't have gone to theaters anyway. It did not look <laughs> super great to begin with. If no, I, th- I think it looks cute. I'd give it a shot. Listen, there's room for only one Scooby-Doo Origins, and that is the TV series A Pub Named Scooby-Doo. Thank you very much. God, I hate that cartoon. That was so great, though. It's a good, it's a good cartoon. With red herring? Yeah. I mean, that's a good joke that I didn't appreciate until it was much, much older. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it has a little bit more snark to it than most uh, like baby character shows. Yeah. What well, helps that they weren't like baby babies, that they were like 10, 12 year old and not like Muppet babies. Yeah. Age. Hey, Muppet babies made some good jokes. Well, there yeah, was some good, jo- is a good show. Yeah. There's some good stuff in there. <laughs> the, the fact that they were able to put so many clips of different things into it. But I, I'm talking more like the Flintstone kids or oh. Tom and Jerry kids or. Yeah. Baby Looney Tunes. Those are all bad. Oh, Baby Looney Tunes was the worst. <laughs> yeah, we already had Tiny Tunes. Why did we need a Baby Looney Tunes? Exactly. <laughs> Tiny Tunes was great. Tiny Tunes was the first place I, I had ever heard uh, They Might Be Giants. Yeah, that was, that was a big thing for They Might Be Giants. Yeah, that animated uh, music video for Particle Man was so good. <laughs> uh. They Might Be Giants was on uh, Live From Here the other day that show that used to be prairie home companion oh yeah and they and they were really good they had a guy that was playing a trombone and trumpet like hot swapping between the two during istanbul oh it was wow amazing. oh like, that's it's fantastic on youtube like look it up on youtube it's pretty incredible yeah i'm gonna have to know that sounds really good yeah i saw them in concert a couple years ago and they still they still rock i mean they're still phenomenal i'd go see them again i've seen them a couple times and i've enjoyed it every time <laughs> oh yeah yeah same here well shoot we went yeah we went that one time a whole bunch of us yeah <laughs> good times. that was that time amanda told us to turn the, the wrong way down a columbus, <laughs> down a columbus back street <laughs> yeah i do remember that i do remember that 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 time we almost died yeah <laughs> good times real roller coaster of emotion that evening yeah <laughs> I don't uh, haven't been to 16 bit in so long. I'm, I miss going places. <laughs> remember places, yeah. guys. <laughs> you do remember places, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, let's move on to a couple of other things. Let's talk about some uh, a trailer. Uh, there's a trailer for a new game, the uh, the next in the Assassin Creed uh, series, Assassin Creed uh, Valhalla. Is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, yes, Valhalla, yes. Okay. And Josh, since you are the resident uh, Viking man on this on this call, why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Well, so far, all they've released is a trailer, uh, a cinematic trailer for the game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Which, that's one thing Ubisoft has always been really good about releasing really cool-looking trailers for their games, even though some of their games are a little meh. Mm. But that's my opinion. <laughs> some of them are the same thing over and over and over again. Looking at you, Far Cry Primal. <laughs> yeah. The exact same map as Far Cry 3. <laughs> just with no buildings and cave animals. Yeah. Anyway. It's like Far Cry New Dawn had the same map as Far Cry, the one before it. Oh my god, I forget the name of the 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 mon- the one that takes place in Montana. See? It's uh, oh. it's that forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about Far Cry. Tell me about <laughs> the Assassin Creed. I mean it's <laughs> Got a, it's got a voiceover from who's somebody who is obviously not a, a a Viking or a Norseman talking about how they're barbarians and savages and blah, blah, blah. And you see all these kind of peaceful, you know, Viking village, you know, everyone getting ready to go on a ship and everyone saying goodbye. And you see all these children and all this and all this whatnot. But then they go across the sea and they're raiding uh, England, which is very historically accurate because they were all over that area. Mm. didn't really settle they just kind of i mean a little bit but not much it's more like just taking stuff anyway uh this english king i'm not sure which one it's supposed to be it's even if they're going to go with a real one it's assassin's creed who knows we had 
George Washington, all kinds of stuff in video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, get ambushed by English troops, and it's a big, epic fight. You know, beheadings, blood, axes, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it looks interesting. I've heard there'll be, you know, kind of RPG elements, kind of like how uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey had. You can kind of build up your character and whatnot. Yeah, and I mean that's and that was in the last one as well, correct? Uh, yeah, Odyssey was the last one, and the one before that was Origins, I believe. Right. So it went Egypt, then Greeks, yeah, and now Vikings. So it, the trailer looked really awesome, and I mean, I know it was just a cinematic, and we don't know anything yeah. about how the the actual game's going to go. I do have one question: Vikings are traditionally not stealthy ninja type folk and yet this is an assassin's creed how does that work (laughs) i mean yeah but also you got to think there is an there is an element of stealth to the way vikings operated and they snuck into land on their boats that can go through shallow water and you know took whole villages unsuspecting and then bellowed about their gods yeah 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 yeah. and then (laughs) uh but also in odyssey you didn't even have a hidden blade. You had the, you had some spear of Leonidas or something like I can't remember. Mm. That was like your assassination tool or whatever. But yeah, in the trailer we see the, the hidden blade come back. Oh yeah, the the sword that's like hidden in your arm or something like that. Yeah, yep. the, su- the surprise sword. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Watch, I, it's gonna I, run I, on the for honor engine. Yeah. Hey, hey, I like for honor. <laughs> That game's brutal. I don't know. I'm really, I'll be really interested to see what happens with the game. Yeah, I've never um, been an Assassin's Creed guy, but like the past two or three of them have looked really cool and I've been tempted. <laughs> well, I think the, a lot of it is I like the narrative. Yeah. And the last one, it seemed like it was getting away from semi realistic situations because didn't like the Minotaur show up or something? Maybe I don't, in, I don't, in Odyssey, I, I wasn't there like actual like gods and magic stuff where the first couple of Assassin's Creed games, it was like, no, this is a realistic environment that you're sneaking around in. Well, yeah, the first the first handful of Assassin's Creed were all set like in, you know, post uh, Christianity, you know, Middle East Europe. Right. But I'm saying there's no mad. There were no magic things in the first couple well, of games and then well, in this well, i mean it's it's always kind of been hinted there because mm. there's a lot of like powerful artifacts you're looking for that's like the big thing in the assassin's creed is like this war between the assassins which is from now is turning into a huge mess of what the assassins actually were and the templars trying to find these artifacts these pow- powerful magical items mm. so I mean, who even knows anymore? I'm I'm honestly a bad person to say because I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since I don't even know forever. The, the pirate one? I had I had Black Flag, but I don't remember if I actually ever played it. I think it came late in my Xbox life. I remember I remember downloading it for free on my Xbox. <laughs> I bounced really hard off the first Assassin's Creed and never went back. Yeah, the first one's kind of eh. I just didn't like the controls. They felt weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. But some of the stuff you could do, like blending into the crowds and, you know, sitting and eavesdropping on people's conversations to get your, uh, you know, information you needed for your part of your mission or whatever. Mm. I mean, that stuff's cool. I don't okay. Know. Well, but, are you, um, because of the setting and the way it looks, do you think you'll bounce onto this one? Do you think you'll give this one a shot? Well, you did. Did, mean, did the Vikings bring you back into the Assassin's Creed fold? I mean, that's what God of War did. <laughs> good point good point <laughs> that, game, that game was you know you know setting aside was fantastic yeah, yeah. that was a good game mm-hmm. but also that one kind of broke away from its mold of the god of war series too right i mean it was a little more rpg ish and it had a bigger world and it was less just linear button mashing which, harkening back to the beginning of this discussion, that's kind of what you mentioned about the Assassin's Creed. So maybe that's just where games are heading these days. RPG elements, more open world. That's oh, what yeah. I love, I love. I love open games. I feel like if 
I don't care what the game is. If you've got a good narrative or at least an engaging world to play in, mm-hmm. I'm probably probably a good bout to get it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but will they make you be a dad in this one? I mean, <laughs> probably. <laughs> dad, Dad, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad we're post video game daddies. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird I mean that was an interesting time. It was it was every every game developer w- became old enough to have a kid and so every game is about dads for a good 5 years. Yeah, yeah, we are finally past <laughs> that. Okay, so switching gears from games that have um, big open worlds and uh, very tight narratives to open world games that really have no narrative whatsoever. Let's talk about Animal Crossing for a minute. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, more specifically, um, people can do pretty much whatever they'd like in the Animal Crossing. Some some folks are. Uh, modding their towns to have all sorts of new areas. Their uh, creativity is really taking off. That's kind of the point of Animal Crossing. Um, people have been reshooting music videos with yeah. it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have seen that as well. But I saw uh, somebody made a big uh, musical chairs. Oh yeah, <laughs> people have been playing musical chairs for money. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. But uh, uh, what I wanted to talk about was one specific uh, guy. Um, his name's the guy named Gary Witta. He um, uh, is a uh, screenwriter. You guys know more about what he's done uh, in the past yeah, than he, I have. He used to write for PC Gamer, but the, he kind of broke into screenwriting. I think with the uh, Book of Eli, I think was his first big movie, which was but a legitimate movie. Do, like, yeah, he went on to do uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Just yeah, probably the movie people know the most that he did. Mm-hmm. And also yes. an excellent movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he um, he has a Twitch channel and he had gotten into Animal Crossing like everyone else during this uh, this quarantines. Uh, but he decided one morning um, that he was going to turn a room in his house into a talk show area. And uh within 72 hours uh, had uh, created an entire um, late night talk show set in his animal crossing house that he streams on his Twitch channel. And it sounds kind of goofy, except I tuned into one of those the other night and it is near professionally done. And he did have over 10,000 people watching him at one point, which is kind of, incredible (laughs) and also is getting uh celebrity guests like duncan jones and felicia day coming up on a show here in the future and it's just kind of incredible how um people are taking this little game creative game and doing uh amazing huge things with it it's kind of awesome it's crazy to see animal crossing blow up this big because i i've known of it since back in the gamecube days when it came out and mm-hmm. it was always pretty niche oh but, yeah uh, there was, not anymore there was a nintendo 64 animal crossing in japan yeah oh yeah it was for the dex drive right yeah something like that yeah it never came to america right i think it needed the dex drive because it had the 24-hour clock on it yeah something like yeah, that yeah the GameCube version is actually a port, like an upscale of the Nintendo 64 version right. of the game. Right. But yeah, it's just amazing how uh, the show is called Animal Talking um, with Gary Witta. And it is he had a live musical guest the other night, <laughs> the episode <laughs> that I watched. It was he had a stand up comedian. And like I said, he's getting so. He said in one of his uh, morning streams, because he also streams other things during the day because he's, you know, he's just a guy. He just sits in his basement and plays video games. But uh, (laughs) he was talking about how he's had uh, publicists of actual celebrities contact him because (laughs) they want to be a part of this really weird, to be honest, kind of reminds me of Space Ghost Coast to Coast type of show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like, and it's, I mean, 
in in actuality, it's basically a podcast. Yeah. It's basically a podcast with a visual visual element. And here's the thing. The, that idea in itself is so genius. I am mad at myself for not coming up with it. <laughs> Why aren't we shooting this in Animal Crossing? <laughs> coming soon. Animal overload. <laughs> nerd, or crossing. Ner- nerd, nerd crossing. There it is. Yeah. Nerd crossing animal overload. I like it. Now, has he heard from Elijah Wood yet? Um, no, although it seems as though he is in talks to get Danny Trejo into it because Danny Trejo uh, recently put on his Twitter that he bought the game and is looking to jump into other people's games. He wants to jump into other people because he's Machete. Machete don't text, but he does play Animal Crossing, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that, I, uh, I said Elijah Wood because he that's did, pretty awesome. Yeah, go ahead. He did show up in somebody else's game. Somebody advertised their price they had for turnips mm-hmm. in their game, and they got a DM from Elijah Wood asking if he could come visit their ta- their island to sell his turnips. Yeah, it was a verified yeah. Twitter account. Yeah, it was it was wild. That's that's insane to think that. And I mean, I know a lot of celebrities play this game. I know um, Brie Larson has been kind of going nuts over it. She like loves Animal Crossing. She's a huge Nintendo fan in general. Yeah, but uh, but no, it's just really cool that uh, we live in a world where like the social boundaries between celebrity and regular folk are kind of breaking down a little bit. And in all the places it's animal crossing. Yeah. Right. Brie yeah. Larson got excited when Doug Bowser tweeted at her. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. So, Hey, we have a little bit of time left, so let's do a couple of quick hits. Uh, so Mystery Science Theater is going to do uh, some kind of live show this weekend. Is that correct? Yes. On Sunday, they're going to do a live uh, riff of a new short. And then they're going to riff over top of an existing episode of the show. Was uh, it like? Season, yeah, they're going to riff over top of season one episode, which it- if you've ever watched a season one episode, there's plenty of space for them to add more riffs. Oh, yeah, because they were all because <laughs> that first season they were done totally live, right? Yeah, they didn't script anything. So there were a lot of gaps. Um, I think it's Rocket Ship Zero One or something like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So that's one of the first episodes that they did in season one. So that's really exciting. It's really cool because they did have to stop their uh, live tour halfway through when all of this hit and kind of had to refund a lot of people's money. Uh, so it's kind of cool that they're taking this time to kind of, you know, help break the monotony of uh, yeah of quarantine. Is, it is, it's the touring cast, and they're they're good. I mean, I saw the the tour sh- the show with the touring cast, and they were all very funny. So this will be good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm ex- I'm really excited. That's uh, going to be on their Pluto TV channel. Is that correct? Yeah, and just the Mystery Science Theater Twitch channel. Oh, okay, both of them. All right, awesome. Awesome. Which is good, which is a good way to kill time too. Their Twitch channel's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Between that and the um Riff Tracks Twitch yeah. channel. Been kind of bouncing back and forth between that a lot these last couple of days. The other thing here, there's not much news to it, but the Russo brothers, the guys who did the Avengers uh endgame and um Captain America, that sort of thing, uh, they are in talks to produce, not direct, but produce a live action adaptation of Disney's animated movie Hercules. So we're getting more of those. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they were going to get to Hercules eventually. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like there are some, there are some Disney films that are, that would probably make good live action ones. Like, you know, Mulan, I'm sure will be good. Mulan um, looks great. Uh, yeah. Aladdin was, Aladdin wasn't bad. Um, especially since they gave, you know, Jasmine, more character in that movie something to do yeah yeah i can't wait for live action fantasia hey the the, that's actually that might not be bad i mean like honestly like okay maybe part of it's gonna be bad but like (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, no. They don't show that part anymore. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are they going to do with live action Mickey Mouse? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to think about that. Digital fur technology. It looks good in Detective Pikachu and, and Sonic. And cats. And cats. Uh, uh. <laughs> we watched cats actually oh yeah what'd you think i didn't hate it yeah i mean they definitely made a lot of bad choices uh that's for sure but like it was still kind of an enjoyable musical you it like w- show tunes i kind of do <laughs> <laughs> i not to out you but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, so but what what did you think specifically of the part at the end when Dame Judy Dench turned to the camera and explained about how cats are not dogs? Uh, that was a weird choice. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since they added like that self-insert character, not self-insert, but audience insert character specifically so the cats didn't have to talk to the audience. But then at the end, they just go ahead and talk to the audience. Yeah. Or how about that scene when Magneto did lick milk out of a bowl and go meow, meow, meow. Gandalf, no. <laughs> uh. But Mr. Mistopheles was a good song. Rum Tum Tugger was pretty cool. <laughs> stop Stop making excuses for bad movies. Um, Never. James, James Corden was terrible. James Rebel Corden was Wilson, pretty bad. Rebel Wilson sucked. Rebel Wilson did tear her own skin off to reveal other cat skin underneath her cat skin. <laughs> and then ate a bunch of roaches with human faces. Yeah. Well, there's a song where they keep cutting back to her, like making funny comments during the song. And it's like, who asked for that? Like, Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let him do the song. Like you're not adding anything. It's it is kind of interesting to me that they cast someone to sing in a movie that in the movie well god what was that the um it's perfect pitch perfect where rebel wilson is specifically like i can't sing don't make me sing <laughs> and then they have her sing in this movie because she still can't sing that was the joke i don't know i don't i i was just prepped to have a horrible time and then i then I didn't have the worst time, I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe part of it for me when I saw it was seeing it in theater with a rambunctious crowd. <laughs> and maybe that added to the sheer, oh, no, why? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like any of the production design choices they made. I don't like how the cats look at all. But I don't, it was still enough of a spectacle that, that I wasn't bored, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Hugh Jackman was offered multiple roles for that film and he turned them down each time because he was like, nah, this is going to be bad. I like how they got Taylor Swift to come in and sing a song about another character that's not Taylor Swift. Yeah. And then immediately disappear. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. was. Yeah, she was in the movie for maybe two minutes, but it was enough for that trailer. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson's uh, memories, rendition of memories was really, really good. That was legitimately good. I'll I'll give it that. That was that was legitimately good. All right. Well, hey, I hate to wrap up Cats cast early, but uh, uh, we've actually hit time. So uh, you've been listening to Nerd Overload. Meow. Uh, you can find all of our back episodes at nerdoverload.com as well as any place you can find fine podcasts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at nerdoverloadnow. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. You can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline. Still don't know what the number is. <laughs> it is 586-372-8020. What should they talk to us about this week. Who's your favorite cat? That's what I was going to say. Who's your jellical choice? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. 
Perfect. <laughs> and call, like, leave a message. Yeah. We got a call the other day, and they didn't leave a message. And yeah. we can't hear what you have to say if you if you don't say anything. <laughs> That's the point of the voicemail line. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff at davidpencil.com. And finally, we are on Patreon, patreon.com backslash nerdoverloadnow. If you like the show and you want to help support us and get the show a couple days early, uh, just head over there and uh, check out ways you can help us out. We'd really appreciate it. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Josh, you're the jellical choice. Uh, get into the hot air balloon. <laughs> no!